impart on the gifts. All right, good evening, Grace Point. Father, we pray again for the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. Open our eyes and our hearts to the Word of God. Help it to flow from me to your people. We want to gain understanding on the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit, the activities of the Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. So we've been going through the gifts of the Spirit. We've got two more to go through. And again, there are other books that are written on these gifts that you could study. They operate differently in different people. The thing that I want to re-emphasize is they're supernatural. Uh, people that don't understand the gifts try to make them like a natural, like someone has a lot of knowledge. They've been to Bible college. They have a PhD. They have a lot of knowledge, so they have the word of not. No, it's a grace. The word charisma means grace. It doesn't mean a lot of study. It could be the most, God forgive me, but it could be the most ignorant person in the church could have a word of knowledge because it comes from God. It's knowledge, a picture, an idea, a thought from God. I get them. So it just proves you don't have to have that much knowledge. Amen. <laughs> you know, word of wisdom doesn't mean you're a wise person. God gives you a word of wisdom, etc. So if people describe them kind of like a natural, no, they don't understand the gifts. These are charismas. These are graces. These are powers that come to the church to be a benefit to everyone. Okay, so, and we, so we're going to talk now about tongues. Dip, he says, uh, to another, different kinds of tongues, and to another, the interpretation of tongues. Now, this is really going to be huge as we go forward at the end of this chapter and then into chapter 14. This is going to be huge. Who is Paul addressing in this letter? Do you know? I mean, I know you do now. Who's he addressing? The church, right? Specifically, the church in Corinthians. And he is addressing what? How they are operating in the gifts, in the ecclesia, or in the assembly. He's trying to bring order. And it's very important you know that because Paul talks about here diverse kinds or different kinds of tongues. So this isn't someone just being baptized in the Holy Spirit and they have the initial evidence of speaking in tongues and they speak in tongues. He's talking about the supernatural gift of tongues that happens in the ecclesia or the gathering of the saints. You've got to understand that. If you don't understand that, you're not going to understand the end of chapter 12 or chapter 14. Paul's not talking. Every single person in the church, in my view, could pray in tongues. Because you have a human spirit. And if you are, I guess, every person that's been filled with the Holy Spirit. Because you have a human spirit. And if you are filled with the Holy Spirit. Uh, you have this ability to pray out of your spirit. I will talk more about that in chapter 14. Now, I'm not saying everybody does, but everybody potentially could if you've been filled with the Holy Spirit. Paul's not talking about your private, personal, praying in tongue language. We'll talk about that more. He's talking about the gift of tongues that happens in the assembly. 
In fact, in chapter 14, he says, if you don't have an interpreter, be quiet. So, there are diverse type of tongues, or there are different type of tongues. Sometimes in an assembly, we had a lady here recently that had this gift, Bobby, and she would pray out in a tongue, and then someone in the congregation, hopefully, would uh, come out and they would interpret that tongue. Now, in our church, I think we've had tongues probably about four times. I thought as pastor, twice it was of the Lord. I thought two times the person was praying in their private prayer language and they just felt the need or had, had the desire to pray out in tongues out loud. And the interpretations were kind of, I don't know, you can just feel there's no anointing on it. There's no power on it. It just runs flat. And it's okay to say that. It's okay for you to judge a tongue or a prophecy. Paul says to judge them. says the prophets are supposed to judge them. Now, I'm normally not going to say anything unless I think it's harmful. And most of the time, if someone gets it wrong, they mean well and they're not harmful. It might be something like, you know, uh, my children, my children, God wants to bless you. Okay, fine. That's good. But twice, I really, there was an anointing on it, and I really did think it was the gift of tongues, and someone did interpret the tongue, and it's a blessing. So sometimes someone in the congregation will speak out, it'll be in another language, supernatural language, and then God will give the interpretation to someone else in the congregation. In the book of Acts, chapter 2, uh, they were speaking out in tongues, and people were hearing them speak in their own language, but that wasn't the, the gift of interpretation. They were just hearing them speak in their own language because they were speaking out in all these different languages all at the same time. That was, that was something very different, uh, and it was, happened on the day of Pentecost. They were just hearing them speak out in all these different languages. In the body, if someone has a gift of tongues like that, they speak out. There should be an interpretation. Okay, there are also uh, a type of tongues that come out when you're praying privately, diverse type of tongues, when you'll get an anointing to intercede, you'll get an anointing to pray, and sometimes you'll have deep groanings and stirrings and cryings out, crying out, and you, your, your tongue that you're praying in can change. Now, I know a lot of folks aren't aware of this, they don't... <laughs> know about it, but I've had times when I prayed in the Spirit, and it sounds like I'm praying out in French or in German or something, and all of a sudden I'll switch up, and it'll sound like I'm praying in Chinese, or all of a sudden I'll switch up, and it sounds like I'm praying in an Indian, uh, you know, Western Indian language, literally. Then it, uh, I've had it sometimes really travailing in the Spirit, praying in the Spirit, praying in other languages, and I'm crying, and I'm travailing, almost like I'm giving birth to something. You know, just, uh, I, I can't, I, you just have to experience it, but you're moving beyond your flesh in prayer. God is giving you supernatural energy. You'll feel something on it. You might even moan and groan and cry and, and, and pray out in other languages, and they can modulate. They can, that is called diverse type of tongues, God will use it for intercession. Then there's the speaking out in tongues as a gift in the congregation. 
Somebody in the congregation will interpret that. Now, having said that, it's so funny because, again, these people that don't understand the operation of the Spirit, they might even be cessationists. Uh, they don't even believe in the gifts. They'll say that, like, what, what I have to do is I have to speak out in German, and then if someone in the congregation knows German, and they interpret it. That's not how it works, Okay. That's not how it works. That even, isn't even how it worked on the day of Pentecost. On the day of Pentecost, there was so much confusion, they thought they were drunk. They were blurting out things and all these other languages. It wasn't even like people were picking up entire sermons. There was 120 of them. It was chaotic. They were all speaking out in languages. People would hear them praying out in their language, uh, in their own. No one was interpreting. It was a very special thing. This... It's supernatural, and someone in the congregation will have a supernatural anointing from God to interpret that tongue. How do you know it's a supernatural anointing to give the tongue and to interpret the tongue? It's by faith. You know by faith. You'll have an anointing come on you. Something will compel you or urge you to speak out and give that interpretation. You'll just have a knowing inside of you. And you speak out, and you'll just flow in the Spirit, and you'll give the interpretation of that tongue. I know some of you, a lot of you have never seen this. I've seen a church I went to in Virginia Beach. happened all the time. I'd say at least every other week. And it was beautiful. It was powerful. All right. And this last gift I'm going to talk about is the discerning of spirits. Now, some people have confused the gift of the discerning of spirits to judging everybody, okay? <laughs> Again, it's not you with your critical, judgmental mind looking at people and saying, I know what's wrong with them. Sam, I know what's wrong with you. <laughs> you, <know? laughs> you don't read your Bible enough, you know? Brian, I know what's wrong with you. It's not looking around in your natural mind and being critical of other people. Oh, they've got a, a, a Jezebel spirit. Oh, they've got a spirit of love. No, it's not that. The discerning of spirits is the opposite. It's a supernatural ability to discern into the spirit. I heard one prophet say, it is always accompanied by seeing into the spirit, like a seer. You'll see angels, or you'll see demons, or you'll see into the spirit. I've heard other people say, no, you just, some people have a, uh, they can smell. In fact, recently, just this week, someone told me they can smell uh, evil spirits. Uh, uh, Brother Kenneth Hagin said he could always smell a homosexual spirit. It had a very foul smell. I'm sorry, that's what he said had a foul smell to it. He could smell it, okay? So there's, but he can discern it. Or you can see into the Spirit, and you can see that Spirit. Why would God have you see into the Spirit to see a demon? Anybody have any idea? What do you think? Out there, Grace Point, why do you think God would have you discern a Spirit? Well, 
I'm going to say nine times out of ten, he's going to want you to cast it out, okay? If he's showing it to you, he's going to want you to either bind it or cast it out. Or he could be teaching you a lesson if it has something to do with you. He could be teaching you a lesson. If he's showing you an angel, he's doing it to comfort you or to show you that there's a supernatural heavenly being, an angel there to help you. Or you can see him in the room. You might see a healing angel. You might see a certain type of angel. I don't operate. This is the one gift that I don't normally operate in this gift. I have prayed for it. I have asked for it. I desire it. Uh, I, I want to cast out devils, and you can cast them out without seeing in the Spirit, but if you could see them, you can imagine how easy it would be if you have the gift of discerning of spirits to cast out demons. We do have people in the congregation that say they can see or have seen into the Spirit. They've got the gift of the discerning of spirits, or they can detect spirits. I've had dreams before in my dreams where I've seen evil spirits. And that's the type of discerning, but it's a little bit different. But some people can literally see into the spirit and they can see uh, what's going on in the spirit. Again, it is not the gift of judgment and criticism where you see somebody and you put a judgment on them. You know, it's God supernaturally with the gracelet showing you something so you can pray for that person and help them. Or you can see something that's going to be a benefit that's going to profit yourself or somebody else. Okay? It's not you judging people with your critical spirit. All right. We'll end right there, and we'll pick up there next week.